Hello, my name is Vicky Gay and welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. Does a country's exports matter to its economic development? Traditional economic thinking would suggest that it does. Many economists say that the type of exports can determine a country's economic fate. For example, some suggest that a country which is rich in natural resources is cursed by its natural wealth and natural wealth exports. But William Maloney of the World Bank rejects the idea that exports play such a determining role. Speaking to me shortly after a presentation at the International Monetary Fund, Maloney started by offering two very different examples of why it's not about what you export, it's about how you do it. Let me give you an example. In the late 1800s, Chile exported 30% of the world's copper. It was a dominant power in the copper field. But by the end of the century, it was virtually gone. It was down to like 2% or something, and the industry thought it would disappear. Then the Americans come in in the early part of the last century, and all of a sudden the industry picks up again and becomes a major growth industry. And eventually the Chileans in the 70s and 80s would come in again, and Codelco would become a world-class copper company. The thing that hasn't changed at all in this story is the nature of copper, which hasn't changed in probably 50, you know, 100,000, whatever, billions of years, right? So then the story must be about the development potential of copper. The story must be something else. Um, and that something else in that particular case happened to be how prepared the two sets of countries were, in that case, let's take Chile and the United States, were for the technological advances of the second industrial revolution. In particular, there was a revolution in chemistry. The United States at that point had, uh, at least in the north, something like 160 engineers per 100,000 people, and Chile had about 20. Okay, so in terms of industrial, of innovative capacity, they couldn't manage the new technologies at all, and the United States could. And then the United States leveraged the natural resource boom it had into higher human capital, and then what Gavin Wright from Stanford calls a, a knowledge network. Okay, so you started having universities like Berkeley's School of Mining, her School of Mining, and then Columbia School of Mines, Colorado School of Mines, and then you develop all these skills in human capital, which later go on for other technological advances. Okay, Chile didn't have all of this, so. But the point is, it wasn't the copper. The good is not central. I'll give you a second example here. One of the first pulp and paper mills in Finland was in a small town called Nokia. And Nokia later would grow from an innovative pulp and paper mill to boots and cables, and eventually would become the cell phone giant we now know. So here we have them passing through several different kinds of goods, doing well in most of them. So the question is, were trees a problem? Did it was the good that mattered, or was it something about how that firm was run that is is critical? There's such heterogeneity in experiences around particular goods that it doesn't seem like that's where the focus should be. So that's our basic argument. So your argument that we shouldn't view a country's development through the lens of its exports differs a lot from traditional economic thinking. And in your paper, you reject the idea of so-called cursed goods, that is, the type of exports which supposedly puts a curse on a country and damages its economic development. Can you explain that a little bit more? So in the current literature, there is an argument that certain types of goods are better or worse for you. For instance, when I say cursed goods, I'm referring to the natural resource curse. 
But the basic argument there is, well, if natural resources are bad, like copper, then it must be the other goods are better, right? Uh, that's a rule of thumb uh, for what goods you should be and how reliable is that rule of thumb. And the answer is it's not reliable at all. Some of the most careful investigations of this show that actually having more natural riches is actually good for growth, as might be expected. Again, that's not to deny that in some countries of the world, often in Africa and in Latin America, natural resources haven't been very good for growth. They've sparked civil wars or whatever. But it's also the case that Canada, Australia, the United States, Finland, Sweden, all started out as major resource exporters, and they built on it. So we want to just push that argument aside. Okay, so if you think that natural resources aren't intrinsically good or bad to export, there are economists, notably Ricardo Hossman and Danny Roderick from Harvard, who say that if countries want to develop, they should start manufacturing high-tech goods. What is your response to them? This it's mostly based on the Asian experience. They grew so quickly. They seem to be exporting manufacturers, mostly electronics and like. So should we be there too? And Danny Roderick and Ricardo Hausman gave that uh, very sophisticated packaging um, where they talked about you should be in goods where rich countries already are. And they have a very nice argument about what you get out of doing that. And they come up with a statistical exercise to show that, in fact, countries whose exports are more often produced by rich countries grow faster. The only problem is that also, uh, as in almost all macroeconomic statistical analysis, that the result is not so robust. You put in investment levels, you put in levels of concentration of the industry, and that particular variable they have goes away. The last point we wanted to make with that is that people say, well, China is exporting electronics and high-tech goods. Yeah, but if you look at their contribution, for instance, to the iPod, which they export, it's 2%, and it's assembly work. Okay. So should we even be talking about goods at this point? Because they're not really exporting the iPod. They're exporting a task. Um, and that task is assembly work. And it may be that certain tasks are better than other tasks, or certain tasks lead to better tasks somehow. And you, But we don't have any information on that. And that's not where the debate is. The debate is, no, should you be in copper? Or should you be in electronics? Right. So that's what we mean by beyond goods. Um, and that we should stop focusing so much on what goods countries are in and focus much more on the processes that lead to generating sophisticated and interesting things that can yield a lot of value. Okay, so let's do that. Let's move beyond goods as you describe it. Where does that lead us? So the way we phrase it is, is it what you produce or how? And the one thing I presented in the presentation was something near and dear to my heart and root called the Oncomouse. It's a little tiny mouse but Harvard swapped one of its genes or knocked out one of its genes, and that gives it a propensity to have cancer. And that made it an invaluable tool for cancer research, okay? This mouse is extremely high-tech, right? Uh, there's no question. But again, it's clearly not about the mouse. It's the economic process underneath it, and the ability to manufacture something, to, to generate something new and, and uh, something that will bring the country a lot of value added. And so that's where we, we, we would say we should be focusing. Let's focus a little bit less on the goods, because honestly, you don't know that the next good is going to be a hard drive or a mouse. But what you need to do, to quote Pasteur, who said, you know, chance favors the prepared mind. So you want to have a country that is prepared uh, for innovations in its existing products so they can upgrade, and for new products which might be suitable for the environment. And that means having you know, an excellent education system. That means having uh, a system, of, uh, a national innovation system that, that facilitates research and development, facilitates upgrading of firms, all these sorts of things. Th 
more horizontal policies, right, that apply to a lot of sectors and not necessarily saying you should be here or there. Talking about education and research, is there any other processes that they can actually get into to stimulate their growth? It's not a good that develops a country. It's a bunch of entrepreneurs who are thinking of ways of putting together factors of production, of, of assembling things, whatever it is, being copper or whatever, in such a way that you get a lot of value added. That comes from some place. It's not lying on the ground. And it's something you have to build. There was an experiment done in India where they brought in, I think, Accenture consulting firms for 20 textile firms. And they basically just sat with those firms for a while and said, okay, look, you're managing your inventory badly. You know, really should monitor where flaws are coming out and which, which textiles, blah, 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 so you can go fix it. And the returns they got on that were huge. Um, and it's a case that in many developing countries, people don't know what they don't know, right? You don't know what the best practice is. What happened in India is a technological extension program. It's something we're working on in Colombia at the World Bank right now. And then maybe we move, move to quality enhancement of the, of the output, okay? So how can we make your product good enough to be exported to such and such a place, okay? Then you can get to a case like Spain where they have these technological centers, which would go and collect good ideas from the rest of the world, bring them in, and diffuse them to the local industry. And that, those have, over time, evolved into actually research, research and development centers, right? But it's not something that happens instantaneously. I mean, this is a process of, of helping to upgrade your firms and letting the local entrepreneurs know where they are in terms of how good they are and helping them become better. And this was William Maloney of the World Bank on the topic of exports and industrial policy. And to hear more podcasts, log on to www.soundcloud.com slash imf-podcasts. 